0: Kim Schmidt, Executive Editor of Farm Equipment. Welcome to Farm Equipment's Used Equipment Remarketing Roadmaps Podcast. In this episode brought to you by Iron Solutions, host Casey Seymour of Moving Iron LLC sits down with Aaron Fintel from 21st Century Equipment. If this is your first time listening, you can subscribe to the podcast via iTunes, the Google Play Store, SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn Radio, or Spotify. By subscribing to the podcast, you're alerted when each new episode is released. In this episode, Casey and Aaron share their take on the current used equipment market including the current auction cycle, and whether or not we're hitting the point of market saturation with the number of 2008 to 2012 model machines.
1: First off, let's do this. Let's talk about the overall market as a whole, and then we'll talk about, maybe we can ease our way into this conversation, just basically talking about what's going on in the marketplace. So let's talk about that first. So Here we are end of 2019 we have got basically your your typical auction cycles happening right now that you would see there's there's more equipment now on any given auction than i than i've seen in the past there's a lot more auctions going on so there's a there's a fair amount of appetite out there for equipment and it seems like whether it's big iron auction time uh what solomon's got going on there there's just a ton of things going on so give me your outlook on what you see happening in the market
2: right now? Well, October was a lot busier than typical, and it was not, oh my God, we're so wet, last minute panic purchases, you know? Right. A lot of what I sold in October was stuff, I hate to say it, typically sold in November, like high horsepower for tillage and tillage pieces post-harvest. And guys were like done already and ready to use it. So right. there are, there's a substantial amount of corn still that's out there that's junk. Even these guys that are done that didn't even get a sprinkle during harvest or whatever. I've I've seen across the country it feels like everything is at least twenty percent off.
1: Yeah.
2: A lot of guys say thirty. But it doesn't seem to have a lot of impact on sales at this point. Right. On huge sales and the stuff I sell. Of course, you know, when I throw stuff out in the world of the Internet, it is not, you know, at retail price. It's not at, oh, maybe, hopefully this will work. It's This is a deal. Here it is. Right And that stuff's been been popping really well yeah um so the market as a whole i think is doing quite well i was hoping for a little bit of last minute panic uh, on combines headers that seems to be a non-existent market as of the last 60 days 45 to 60 days um, I know as a company, we've sold some used combines. They've actually been moving pretty well in territory. Yeah. Nationally, I haven't moved hardly anything combine header-related. Um, moved some grain carts this last week, uh, month. So just, you know, that's, that's kind of where it's at. I would say right now the market itself is decent to good. As a as a whole industry whole, I don't see you know other than combines, which we've been crying the blues over combines for every damn podcast for two years. But
1: well, just because we've had the podcast bad. for two years, that's, that's why. Well, okay, <coughs> that, that's fine.
2: You don't have to have it for two years, but we've still been crying the blues about it.
1: No, oh, yeah, <laughs> combines are always on our minds, it seems like.
2: There are other changes with what's hot and what's not and that kind of thing, but as a whole, I would call it decent to good.
1: Okay, so here's the other thing about all this. The market now is hitting that, I think it's hitting the point of saturation when you start looking at the number of units that are there that are that 2008 to 2012, 14 model machine. Yep. Whether it's a combine or a tractor or whatever, it's it's definitely a machine that there's just a ton of and every, there's no end in sight to the number of machines that are coming to the market now. If you look at how that's happening, what's happening with the market and how all that stuff is shaking out and all the stuff that's happening there, I have, I'm concerned about that. I, I think about that a lot. I look at what we have in inventory. I look at what the inventories are on all the websites that list this stuff. There, there aren't enough buyers for those machines um, in the U.S. and in Canada. Uh, I, I feel like the, I know. I think there's an, an export opportunity for those machines, but just the typical farmer buyer in, in the United States right now, there, there's just not a market for them right. Now. I mean, not, I'm not saying there's not a market because there is, but I just don't feel like there's enough people wanting to buy those to, to make a dent in, in the overall population of machines.
2: Yeah, that, that you're you're exactly right. And you were right to correct yourself. There is a market. There's a hell of a market. Yeah. But it is so depressed price, price point that you can't hardly live with yourself to move them there. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because mm. I know we've got, I've talked to people in uh, Bolivia, Colombia. You know, this is Central Latin America, all of Latin America, mm-hmm. on twelve, thirteen f series combines, and here, even to lose say fifteen percent, you're still like fifty percent off, right? Um, it, it's getting, it's getting to the point. I discussed uh, combine trade with a guy quite a few days last week, and. He, you know, sent me a message on Twitter, and we were already talking on a tractor lease that I figured out for him and that kind of stuff, and he says, well, what do you got for 780s? And I said, well, you know, I got a pretty good selection depends on what you want. And he says, well, the trouble is, he says, I have one of those 12s. And offhand, I'm like, what are you talking about? He says... A 12,680 with 1,800 set, but I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. And he says, you know, he asked me, he says, my dealer is giving me 110. Is that fair? And I said, I said, I don't know where they're at on the front side. I said, if I said if their front side looks good and they're giving you 110, I said, that's a really good number. I said, Quite honestly, on that machine, I would be 85 to 90, but that's off of my number. That's probably 40 less than theirs to start with, okay? Right. I said, see, you got to look at it from both sides. I said, whatever their trade number is versus whatever my trade number is, you know, make the numbers whatever the hell you want. I said, but that's the, you know... The end of the movie is, here's my real numbers. If that's their real numbers, great. You know, fuck right. it
1: up.
2: Yeah. You, you know, it's my point with that is it's getting to the point where it's probably because every single farmer listens to the moving iron. <laughs> but <laughs>
1: That'd be awesome if they did.
2: The point, <laughs> it's getting to the point where even the farmers know they
1: like cringe to tell you they have a 12 or 13 S comp bike. Right. Yeah, and that that is there's, there's such a, a tough a tough kind of a pill for some guys to swallow too when you look at it. And I get it where they're coming from. They look at what they've done, and what they've done, you know, what they've had, and, and now they're looking at you know I, every year it's my the gap the trade's getting bigger and bigger, and I got to do something. But like we've talked about on this podcast for a many a time. You know, this is a not because they want to, but because they have to type of a uh, purchase. I think for a lot of these guys, right? You know, they've got the good out of the machine they've got, and they're they're at a point now where every year costs them some pretty substantial amount of recon, and and those are going to be. That's not going to stop happening. You know, there's going to be more of those type of scenarios uh, play out, and we're seeing that sixteen, seventeen, eighteen model combine. The guys I really wanted to have soon to be 19, you know, those combines are starting to kind of trickle in a little bit here and there. Um, but to your earlier point, this harvest is going to be late, real late. And I don't, across the country, there's not going to be a lot of, I mean, guys are out cutting and picking and doing whatever, but they're, they're hitting some pretty high moisture stuff on a pretty regular basis that they're having to. Right. And then on top of that, you've got two degrees and, six inches of snow you know what i mean i mean it's just all those yeah. kind of things that go into the hat too so there's a million things going on so i uh, this is uh i get uh, the reason i wanted to talk about this because i think it's a pretty good segue into this uh comment i got on twitter here and you can check me out at moving iron llc on twitter and you can find old aaron Fennel at aaron finnell on twitter c twitter c at, at aaron Fennell on twitter twitter and you can also find him also at throwback iron every once in a while he throws some stuff out there no pun intended on the old Twitterverse. so this is uh (laughs) jeremy from nebraska who sent this in and asked this question and there is a there was a post about a 8rx out there and, and people were going back and forth on it and and this was part of that 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 uh post and basically what he was talking about was there was not not many used buyers looking for a a 650RX or a DB120. And there is truth to that, and there is also some, I guess, what do you want to say, farce to that a little bit too, I guess. Because here's what it is. The bad thing about machines like that, especially big machines like that, is that they're wicked expensive when when they come out new, right? That DB120, depending on how it's set up, could be a half a million dollar planner, right? That 650RX completely loaded to the gills with all the fun stuff could be almost a half a million dollar tractor, right? So what the issue is with those machines is that whoever's buying that setup, let's just say you're a guy that has a 650RX and a DB120, right, and that is your planning rig, right? You have a ton of acres to cover with that, right? Just to even justify having that set up, you have to have a ton of acres. So they're going to go out and they're going to probably put 15 or 20,000 acres on that planter in a year or two, right? And then to come back and have that set out here for sale as a used piece, it has to be priced to where the next used buyer wants to buy it. Now, we've got customers that are large scale farmers that only buy used, right? And I love those guys, right? But... You don't have very many large-scale farmers that are looking at, all, all I want to do is buy use and really, really control my my uh, cost per acre that way instead of discounts and other stuff that come along with that. So what's your thought on that, Aaron? When you look at this setup here, I mean, you're talking about a million bucks, brand new, I'm just throwing numbers out here, about a million bucks, 850000 bucks, something like that, for that setup brand new. When it comes back in, to get the next guy to want to buy it and then also have the acres to even even if he wants to buy it or she wants to buy it, the DB 120 is a massive monster of a machine and you have to have a ton of acres to even just, even just to have one. I don't care how old it is. So what's your thought on these, on this kind of setup here?
2: First thing I would address is please, Mr. Farmer, don't buy one just because they make it. Don't, don't have a DB 120 that's, two years old and has less than 10,000 acres on it. Right. You don't need a DB 120 then.
1: Yeah.
2: And I know, I, we all know that happens, right? Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, you can get by with a 90 and still get to the beach in time. But, you know, still go to Hawaii when you're done planting. Well, they make a 120, so I'm going to get it. You know? And the worst thing you run into with that is, so I got this 120 And say he puts 10,000 acres on it, you know, he needs that planter, he bought that planter, he used that planter, you run into a couple things with that next guy, okay? Aside from the, well, he's got hydraulic downforce and, you know, the bazillion dollar differences in options and all that Right, yeah. You find a guy that wants the one-year-old DB120, okay? Perfect. Shake his hand, kiss him on the mouth, do whatever it takes to sell it to him. Then you tell him it has 10,000 acres. Well, oh my God, it's got to be worn out. Okay, it's been over 10,000 acres, but it's 120 feet wide. Right. It's right. not a 12 row that's been over 10,000 acres. Right, yeah. It's four of them. Right. You know? Yeah. That's 2,500 acres <laughs> on a 12 row planter. There, there's a little bit of that. I've had that discussion with a guy the other day on a 60-foot planter, DB60. Well, 5,000 acres isn't bad. And I said, no, because that's 2,500 on a 12-row. Oh, yeah, that's not bad at all. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So there's, there's, there's that hurdle to get over as you get... These bigger planters and bigger planters that are racking up these acres, you have to look at it from an old fashioned standpoint of, you know, like divide it by a 12 row, divide it by an 8 row. That puts it in a little better perspective for guys.
1: Right. And that's a great point. Now, I mean, if you think about that, that DB 120, that's for 12 row planters. So, if, like you said, if it's got 10,000 acres on it, that's 2,500 acres. So, I mean, that's that's a very easy way to get someone's mind wrapped around that, that
2: machine. Right. Now the other aspect of this is here's where it gets really muddy and sticky and messy for, for our end Casey, as you're well aware of in order for us to find anybody. And by us, I mean any dealer in the country, not just 21st for us to get anybody in the country Halfway interested in that planner, it has to be back considerably far of a new one. A big, big, big discount off of a new one. Yep. Or you're going to sit on it. Well, that's pretty close. Say you find the guy that needs it, and you're X amount dollars back of what you could buy a new one. That buyer always looks at that ratio to see, you know, he'd rather have to use one because he's saving money, but dollars for investment dollars for investment, right? right. Yep. And it's that way, whether it's that dp 120 whether it's a 790, whether it is a 9620RX, they're all a 9900 chopper. All that great Big, wonderful, super efficient, hammer down, get the hell out of my way. Stuff is wonderful. On the front side of the deal, I feel like there needs to be very long discussion about that's great. Okay, I'd love to sell you this. It's so cool. We'll get t shirts made, the whole deal. Right. But you need to know, okay, your planner costs you this. You're going to cover this amount of acres. Here's what it's worth next year. Okay, Mr. Farmer, with your 120-foot planter, figure that up real quick. Does that work or not? If that doesn't work, we need to look at a different route. Right. I don't know that a discussion like that has ever happened because, as a salesman myself, guy wants to buy a DB120, you're in the heat of the moment. You know, what's the worst next year? Well, I'm not sure, but you know, we'll better best treat you right on it. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like, great, yeah. Yeah. give me a ten.
1: Yeah, that's the that's, uh...
2: why, that's that's where the heartburn with that. There's guys that'll buy six twenties and DB one twenties and all that. I know plenty of guys that buy one tomorrow. Right, but it has to be a big enough gap to make sense
1: and that that is the uh that's the hard part and and our job is is what does that gap look like you know what i mean i mean we were advertising we had, a, we had a program on some stuff a while back where we were had one-year-old combines that we were we couldn't give away that were in the, the low 300s and high 200s and we were trying to sell them and just didn't have any takers anywhere none just had very few people even have interest in something like I mean of course you got a lot of tire kickers that said, Hey, that's a great price, but it's still three hundred grand and right. like, well yeah, it, you're right. It is. But it was four hundred and fifty thousand dollars brand new a year ago. You know what I mean? So it's just like stuff like that. That just uh that that's kinda the, the, oh, yeah. the tricky part of it.
2: Yeah, with with moving those combines, I can't tell you how many guys that were like, oh my God, I cannot believe that's even, is that real? And I'm like, yeah, it's real. You want it? God, I'd love to have it, but it's still $300. i am like, yeah, like, I get that, but, you know, it is what it is. Right. Well, that's like $15, that's 670 worth. Oh, uh, <laughs> shit. <laughs> the down payment. Oh, my God. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and then I'm like, all right, fine. So mine is 400 and yours is, you know, 300 Well, that's not what it is, though. I'm like, yeah, it is. That's the whole point. It's the trade difference. Right. Well, I don't have any equity. No, you don't, because it's a combine. You have equity that it's paid
1: (laughs) off. Right. Yeah, combines are a tricky one. They're a tough one.
0: We'll get back to Casey and Aaron in a moment, but first, a quick word from the company who made this podcast Possible. Iron Solutions has deep roots in the ag industry with products for producers, dealers, manufacturers, ag retailers, and service providers. Visit www.ironsolutions.com to see solutions that streamline your operation, improve productivity, reduce costs, and speed your growth. Before we get back to Casey and Aaron, I wanted to invite you to join Ag Intelligence for its 2020 Executive Briefing Virtual Event on December 11th. Four-panel sessions will feature some of the best growers, equipment dealers, and specialty equipment manufacturers for live Q&A sessions. In addition, the executive briefing will provide an in-depth outlook for 2020 farm equipment sales as well as the major trends in precision farming. This one-day virtual event will give you an inside look at the year ahead from all sides of the industry, equipping you to strategically plan your business heading into 2020. As a virtual event all sessions including the live q a will be accessible from your computer tablet or phone allowing you to attend from home the office or on the go to learn more and register visit ag slash 2020 executive briefing let's get back to the program now as casey and aaron discuss just how big equipment is getting in size and how that impacts the market of used buyers
1: okay so let's jump over and take a look at this the 620rx that he's got in his in his question now so that that is another one too. There is a—I'd be honest with you. There's a lot more demand for those used than there is for them new. Sometimes I think, and, and not because that there's—you know—obviously they're a good machine, or there wouldn't be a big used demand for it. But again, it comes back to there is demand for those machines when they've got under 500 hours on them, and they can pick them up for basically mid to low 300s, right? And right. But and but that's a thing. That's almost. That's what, 60 cents on the dollar from when it was new?
2: Right.
1: You know what I
2: mean? You so, gotta be... I would go as far as to say under like 800 hours, high flow, PTO, and as fancy as possible, and... Refrigerator. Three and a half yeah. or less. Yep. Yeah. And that is... That's depressing. Mm-hmm. You know? I sold three of them last week just like that, all in that range, and and it was kind of a stair step you know one into two into three and
1: yeah
2: it was i mean even even for what that tractor is what that tractor cost new, and where it was that day i sold it it was still what well, you know i talked about that you know three of those deals over and over and over and i'm like i'm gonna pull my hair out right i you know, I don't know what to do to make this happen. Mm-hmm. And and then that's just the way it is because it is, you know, I got a wholesale buyer who buys a lot of stuff for me. And we were talking about a tractor the other day. I want to say it was a, an 8400R. And it is a smoking, smoking deal. And he said it, you know numerous times, but he's like, but it's still, he's like, you know, he's like 250 is hard enough to pop quick, let alone up in, the, you know, knocking on three. And that's, that's just the world we're in. And there's no way, I shouldn't say there's no way. It's really hard to get that guy buying that new one to get in that boat with you. Right. A lot of those guys, you know, if you got a big mud guy that's rolling 10 tractors, two combines, you know, whatever, big multi-unit deal. Everything he does, he's got that whole thing figured out X amount per hour. He doesn't care what you're giving him or what the new costs. It is X amount per hour his payment, whether it's lease payment, purchase payment, all that figured in, that's all the whole deal is to him. Right. So it's really hard when you get in that situation, it's really hard to tweak that a lot. We've done it. We've done it with numerous guys. And you have to because the new keeps going up and up and up, but that You know, say you're talking on 370s, okay? And you're on 19s coming in now. They're, guess what? They are worth the same as what an 18 was last year and a 17 the year before that. They're not, you know, they're bumping a little bit, but the one year old eight R with five hundred hours and all the shit on it is kind of a stamped in stone number for a couple three years now.
1: Yeah, it's been pretty consistent. I mean, I would say it's the, the percentage of new has stayed the same. You I don't know that the actual sell price has stayed the same, but the percentage of new has. I mean obviously it hasn't stayed the same. We haven't we haven't priced all those machines the same way, but I, I get what you're saying. I mean there the 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 difference between the new and the used is stayed pretty much the same for the last three years.
2: No, so I'm talking about, like, right now, the 19 is worth X amount. Mm-hmm. And that X amount is what the, the 18 was worth last year and what the 17 was worth the year before that. Yeah, that's what Not I'm, saying. Yeah, okay.
1: that's what I'm yeah. saying. yeah, that's what and I'm saying. The
2: new keeps going up and up and up. Right. So yep. that's a prime example of, okay, we traded for, you know, five dollars last year the year before that the year before that well you just took that tractor that's worth the same as that one two years ago bottom line worth the same and you just put more in it and more in it and more in it because you didn't fix you didn't have that conversation and fix that deal
1: yeah I, yeah i see where you're going with that that makes there's
2: too high priced whether that's
1: tractors combine sprayers what have you i can buy a little bit of that i think you're i think you got you're right i mean i think there's 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 some options there that that you look at but yeah that, when i look at year over year what we're selling stuff for um and and look at the one year versus the one year the year ago or the two years ago or three years ago um that percentage has stayed the same and not good bad or otherwise it's it's uh it's there for sure so yeah there's it's just a tough one you know it's different when you start looking at like a 6m or a 6r you know what i mean those machines it's a whole different animal right it's a completely different thing there's there's a market for those um and on any operation i don't care if you're big row crop farmer or if you're you know guy out in the sand hills ranching cows there's a market for that machine the the part the other the, the bad part about <clears throat> the large horsepower stuff and, and the the big tillage pieces and the big tractors and and combines and and i mean air seeders now holy crap those things just grow every year it feels like they go i think we got a 60 footer now we can get out there and 500 bushel carts and right now, oh, i guess what's that new one 750 bushel cart Eight hundred bushel cart So yep. just the horsepower that you need just to make that thing move before you even planted anything is a lot. I know. You know what I mean? I, I can put all
2: three of my tractors on it if it's full and probably not move
1: it. Right. So that's that's just a lot of weight by itself. So it's uh you know, we've had a conversation on here too, like how much bigger can stuff get and I don't know, man. I don't know if it can get much bigger. I think we're I think we're kinda of hit that that saturation point of, of size, but I say that, and you know who knows what they're what they're gonna roll out with next. That's bigger. I mean, Class Ten combines. Who's got Class Ten combines now? Colossus got them. New,
2: Hall, New, New Holland's
1: Williams. got one. Yeah, you know? I mean those things are huge. I mean just massive, of to the the I ninth. Mean, we just I can't even get your head wrapped around how big one of those things are. And then you got. Forty-five foot heads and fifty-foot heads and everything else to go with them. So it's just, it's just a lot of juice that to keep to keep pulling. But so let's hit on this real quick. When did the RX come out? Was that twenty fifteen? RX. Yeah. Uh, uh.
2: Yes, I believe that's okay. correct. I believe sixteen came
1: out in fifteen sixteen model year. Okay, that's right. Yep. All right. So the, we had a debate back then um, about what was what was going to do the track market and you know we thought the wheels were going to stick around and that the two track machine was going to be obsolete and then this this new RX was going to take over and anything and the complete opposite happened obviously wheeled machines still are, are still have that same following but I feel like the the two track machine actually gained popularity and it and it actually made it made it be more uh, I think more two track machines got sold because of that than we saw in the past
2: you yeah. know I, I would agree with that, Casey, because I think the RX got non-track guys looking at track.
1: Yep, and I would agree with that. Yep.
2: And then they looked at the price tag; they fell over. Mm-hmm. You got the the AED out of the glass case, brought them back to life, and then they demoed a two-track and decided, "Ah, oh, I do like this." Yeah. I do like this. Yeah. You know, like like yeah, okay, that one's six hundred thousand dollars. Let's start with this one and see what you think. Right. And that you're you're exactly right. And I'm sure that wasn't the company in question's motive but that's kinda what has happened.
1: Well I also think too that it also shined light on on that two track system even with case guys and the case quad track guys and they were they were looking at the quad track versus the other thing because there was nothing really in between like there was no no reason to go look at anything else and I really feel like the two track system whether it was deer or challenger either 1 had that kind of a kind of a moment there where they had a little bump in sell so that being said now we have the 8RX, which, which kind of stems this whole conversation we're having here. Do you do you feel like that prediction is going to be the same? That there's going to be the same kind of outcome that we saw with the two tracks versus the uh, the four track system? First of all,
2: well, let me tell you how completely shocked I am that on the week of its release, you had to mention the 8RX new podcast. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it was—they uh, I'll tell you—they're that—they send a, a flurry of stuff out there on. On Twitter, I mean, there was was a lot of stuff out there about it.
2: I will say this. First of all, with that tractor, it has sent from the leaked pictures or whatever you want to call it for the last six months at least. There's a lot of talk about it, but not much. I shouldn't say a lot. I feel like some talk. Right. When that thing dropped last week, I feel like it was not to get too carried away, but a shockwave in the tractor industry, amongst, amongst producers. Right. And I cannot believe how many guys are excited about it. I honestly felt like it would be a lot of, oh, I don't know, I don't really like that, or... And uh, I guess, you know, maybe. Everybody's like, wow, that's badass. I myself, mm, and, and you know from all of our 9000 talk, I am a die-hard two-track guy above tires and above four-tracks. It's going to take... The, I, I'd have to plead the fifth on this deal because I feel like... We know they're going to sell them. You know, they're they're green and yellow. Great machine. Cannot believe how unbelievably fancy and high-tech and just, you know, typical, fantastic fit and finish and all that just out of this world. Right, yeah. But I think they might be the first of the eights To get thrown in the same box as the db120 and the rx yeah simply simply based off a price point yeah i think when they get to be five-year-olds you will not be able to in any capacity as a dealer keep enough of them on the shelf right no way i think it's going to be one of them deals yeah which you know, when a couple more years from the RX getting down there, you know, high flow PTO under three hundred, they're really going to start popping. Yeah. Whether we have five or six dollar corn or <coughs> two ninety five corn, that's just where they're at. You know, we've had enough correction with with farm income, if you will. Is probably not the right word, but to get everybody to go, okay, all right, hold on here. We don't have to trade rotary hose just because it's been a year old, right? <laughs> we get over that mindset. Mm-hmm. I got ten hours on this mower. I better trade it. Shit, I don't want to, have to pay taxes, right?
1: Yeah.
2: So, I think from from the research that I've done, the digging on it hearing feedback from guys um and guys that aren't green that think it is the cat's meow i think the company did a great thing i'm i'm more impressed after seeing videos of it run and this and that with its maneuverability its nimbleness um where it fits in the marketplace right now, Casey, I could not begin to tell
1: you. Yeah, it's a new thing, you know. I think
2: it's, I think it's such a newfangled thing that we, it, it, if we were to guess, there's no way we could pinpoint
1: how it's going to end up. No, I don't think so. I don't think so, because unlike the, 9, the 9RX, the nine there was a market already there when that machine came out, right? Right. So we already knew what was going to happen there. Now they have, I mean, I guess you could kind of lump that four-track John Deere 8RX into the whole half-track thing that Casey New Holland was doing, you know, and and how that, I I still don't understand what the concept there is, but, um, you know,
2: you could probably... See, and I was thinking that too, Casey, the problem is you still have a normal the only thing
1: you've done with that half track is put tracks on the half end of a magnet. right and that's why it's so it's so you can't you can but you can't right you know what i mean like you know it's one of those things where well we don't know what else to do with if we got to put it over here type of thing but it's a completely right. standalone system that you know you don't see much you don't see that anymore but you're starting to see that same setup on combines with as wet as it's been and mud has got that that uh that track system uh rear end right. deal they've got and then they're putting yep. the the track systems on the front of those combines i mean for tracks to kind of you know we had that kind of boost there in the early 2000s when when tracks kind of were a, a hot item and then it kind of cooled off and nothing really kind right. of you know and now all of a sudden the track thing's kind of coming back so it's, it's, or, uh, or 1986. Right. <laughs> yep. Yeah. And it was.
2: With, <clears throat> with your favorite, your favorite tractor ever? It's
1: <laughs> 65. Get some. 65A with the inflatable, uh, idler on the front. You gotta love it. You bet. gotta love it. But they have, but stuff like that, when it comes out, is so, it's so different and so unorthodox that, yeah, of course, people get excited about it. You know what I mean? Because it's right. they've never seen it before, and it's a it's an amazing deal. But it's to your point. It it'll be you, you, you kind of have to take a wait and see approach to how it's going to affect your overall market, especially when it comes to the used ones. Hell of a deal. All right, man. Well, any last? You
2: know, and real quick, yeah. while we're on the while we're on the Irks, it, it's funny to me that the most blowback was about an integrated receiver.
1: <laughs> right. Yeah.
2: And the most hoopla was about the damn massaging seat.
1: Right. Yeah. You know,
2: granted, I, I get that. You're dri- you know, I can't, I got to stop, say, driving it. You're sitting in that thing for 12, 14 hours. Hell yeah. Massage would be nice, you know. But it's, it's funny to me, just so, like, getting a candy store excited guys order over the massaging seat. But having a fit it, that the receiver is just part of the tractor, right?
1: Yeah. Well, think about it, man. You got a, you got a massaging seat and a refrigerator. What what more could you possibly ask for?
2: That's that's right. There you go. I have a very revamped refrigerator for the Casey Seymours of the world. but that's their favorite option.
1: You never know what you want to keep cold in there. You know what I mean?
2: That's right. That's right All right, man Casey would be in a forty-four forty With a refrigerator <laughs> yeah. I don't know where the hell he'd he fit it But it would have
1: <laughs> Let's put it on the roof Let's jump out And you grab grab something
2: There
1: you go Yeah All right, man Any last thoughts you want to throw out there Before we shut this thing down?
2: Not really I think we covered We covered a sloth Tonight there, friend
1: Yes, we did Took care of her All right, buddy, if people want to reach out and talk to Aaron Finnell, how would they do that?
2: Okay, I'm quite often on the Twitterverse, at Aaron Fintel on Twitter, or call me, text me anytime, 308-760-1193.
1: And you can find me uh, on Moving On Podcasts here, about anywhere that you can find podcasts, also on the Global Ag Network, so check it out there. And you can also go to... uh, twitter and instagram at iron llc and uh see the latest post there go check out iron llc.com for the latest moving iron blogs and also all the stuff that's happening with uh with moving iron and uh if, if you like this podcast and you think it's something that you would like to recommend to a friend go to your favorite podcasting platform and give me a five-star rating and, and uh feel free to to write a review if you would, because that, that really does help spread the show around too. So with that being said, um, I don't have much else to say. So Aaron, last chance? to toss anything out
2: there? I got something good, brother. Okay, something man. good. Hammer down.
0: Thanks, Casey and Aaron. We've got even more used equipment remarketing resources that we're sending your way. In addition to this podcast, we're also tapping into Casey's expertise across all our informational channels. If you've got a question for Casey, I encourage you to head over to farm-equipment.com backslash Ask Expert. Submit a question and we'll get Casey's answer to it up on our Ask the Expert blog. Thanks once again to Iron Solutions for sponsoring this series. Iron Solutions provides dealers like you with an array of lifecycle management services that drive sales and profits. The Iron Search and Iron Guide suite of solutions is all about managing each dealership more efficiently and profitably. While Iron Search allows you to directly showcase your used equipment online to a wider universe of buyers, visit www.ironsolutions.com today. You can keep up on the latest industry news by registering online to receive our free newsletters. Visit www.farm-equipment.com. For Casey and Aaron, as well as our entire staff here at Farm Equipment, I'm Kim Schmidt. Thanks for listening.